It's Colin and uh, Joshua Michael. Say something, That's Joshua me. Michael. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, and uh, for a second, I was worried. I was never worried. Um, we are back with another Minefields Star Trek: The Next Generation. Uh, what do we call? Is this a simul? It's not a simulcast. It's a it's it a is, commentary it's a sim- track. It's a, it's a simulcast yeah. commentary. Yeah, I mean. Basically, you guys know what the program is. This is going to be for The Best of Both Worlds Part 2, the follow-up to the end of Season 3, the first episode of Season 4 of uh, Next Generation. And um, so you you really want to go back and check out the previous one. The, uh, it'll, it'll, it'll be presented on the website. I think we're going to make it completely obvious because it'll be like Part 2, when we post the uh, cover or whatever you call it, the cover graphic. Um, and, uh, you know, we we just watched, this is one of those things where we're actually watching one right after the other. We've been talking about wrestling for a few minutes and I had some Rolos and got another uh, IPA. But... Um, <clears throat> what IPA are you drinking? Um, I'm not going to say because I am not promoting this company because uh, they... I gotta say, it's the best IPA in the world. Um, but so uh, you're so you're obviously drinking Broken Skull IPA, designed by uh, my absolute god, Stone Cold Steve Austin. If I, you know what, I don't know if we get that in my state. We have new odd liquor laws, and a bunch of breweries just went out of business because they couldn't couldn't work it, and. Uh, a bunch of wacky stuff just happened. A bunch of things just opened up and a bunch of stuff just collapsed. I actually got around the world. I was like, I'm going to try six different IPAs I've never tried anymore because I'm really at loggerheads about drinking this particular IPA. It is the best one I've ever had, but uh, I have a major antagonism against this company because they uh, injured one of their employees and... um I I can't convince that person to progress with uh what they, they there should be a lawsuit going down. And but unfortunately I'm still tra- I'm still drinking this stuff cuz it's just so good and I'm trying to find something that's better. Anyway, that's my that that's totally off topic everybody. Uh but I'll see if I can find the stone cold. That sounds awesome. Um <clears throat> inside the cellar.com from El Segundo. El Segundo. From El Segundo, right outside of LAX. California. Did you just yeah, send me a uh, picture of it? Is yes, that what that I is? Sent, no, no. No, I sent you a picture. <laughs> I sent you a picture because there's not enough light and light in my room right now. So you're and, wearing uh, a glow in the dark unicorn head. I'm wearing my new day uh unicorn horn mm. for some light. Got this at WrestleMania. <clears throat> I've three got years my, ago. Uh, that's fantastic. What city was that? 
Dallas, Texas, baby. No, that was Dallas. Bitchin. That was Dallas. That was Dallas. It was funny. All, like all the like all the unicorns on the website were like fifteen dollars. <laughs> were like yeah. fifteen dollars, and like the you couldn't buy a, a Budios box without the shirt. But at the merch huh. stand, and you could get a Budios box for five bucks, and the horns were five dollars. It was that's, amazing. That's cool. I'm I'm and, lighting and my, my my room with uh, my um really really great Star Trek the Next Generation lava lamp. It is it is the fluid that's inside, but there are a bunch of gold flecks floating around in it and it is beautiful. By itself it shimmers, it's beautiful and then the um the completely random pattern of reflective uh light that shows up on the wall behind it. You know, you look at all these different warp cores in Star Trek. This one is very much like the one on the uh, USS Voyager. It's it's just except that it's, you know, they did this kind of effect inside a um a frosted interior and this is just reflecting up on the wall and I don't know, it just it's just beautiful. I love having this thing on. So uh, anyway, sorry. Yeah, we really got off topic for a second. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> we sorry, were... guys. We we, we want to talk about some cliffhangers, and cliffhangers. I want to bring up, I want to bring up the biggest cliffhanger I've ever experienced was back in the X Files when Mulder is in the in the desert, and I think it was either New Mexico or Arizona. I want to say Arizona, and he goes in that buried train, and he finds all the alien bodies that are mummified and in a big giant pile, and he realizes he's got the fuck out of there. And he's about to make his way up the ladder, and then this old Indian guy just slams the door shut. And then it's like to be continued, like, that is not fucking fair. How dare you do that to us? We had to wait four fucking months for that shit. And, but that was just – and to put in perspective, I like Mulder. I don't just like Mulder. I've got a picture of Mulder and Scully framed next to my bed to remind myself what I really want. However, Mulder and Scully – Ain't shit compared to the importance of John Luke Picard. Oh, well, there's that. I mean, this cliffhanger was agonizing when I was a kid, when this episode was on, not knowing how they could come away from this. But, uh, and this is the thing. There are a lot of, a lot of, a lot of great shows have ended on a cliffhanger. Notably right. Space Above and Beyond, one of my favorite shows ever. That show oh, ended wow. on such a cliffhanger. You didn't know if the war was going to go on. You didn't know if uh, two of the characters were still alive. You were pretty sure that one of them was definitely dead. Um, you didn't know if they were going to sue for peace or what was going to happen after that. But this is different because this is in the middle of a series. And um, but 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 you said something earlier that really sticks out. We didn't know it was the middle of a series then. And it right. was the end of the third season, which was when the original series got canceled. So we That's didn't true. know we didn't know whether or not it was going to get picked up again or we we're going to get screwed forever or if this experiment, like you said, was actually going to continue into the absolute glory that we know it's going to go into. Think about and, you know, Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, I don't want to overrun you, but like think about the difference of 1987 to 1990 television seasons. You only had what? Maybe the Hollywood Reporter or Variety or maybe a TV couple Gad, of TV other. Gad. You didn't have the internet. The internet TV wasn't Gad. there. What do you got? 
Do you remember buying TV Guide? I remember buying oh, TV, TV Guide. Guide I, absolutely. I loved TV Guide. TV Guide was great. Yeah, I mean, I got the. Uh, I remember when this show was going off the air. There was. I have a TV Guide for it, and I have a T. I have the four part T or the four different covers of TV Guide when they were doing like the Star Trek thirty uh, fifth or fortieth anniversary or something like that. Um, and con- I, I think somewhere, I've still got that. Uh, I've, been I've got the X Files ones, but that's not it. <clears throat> I've got the X Files ones. I've got the Simpsons ones. Uh, I've got the um, the dinosaurs ones. Um, Did they stop I, making TV Guide? It's like big now. It's it's like a bigger format and really it's not really a digest thick. size. Yeah, it's it's huh. not a digest size anymore. It, it, like I, I can't remember the last time I saw a TV Guide like actual TV Guide. It doesn't. It's unnecessary now. But I loved the smell of it. It was like buying an Archie Digest. But we really got to get into this new episode. Yeah. I'm going to wait a minute. Hold on now. The only thing I'm going to say is the biggest cliffhanger I've ever encountered from a show that wasn't going off the air was Battlestar Galactica. At the end of season two, you've watched this entire this entire presidential race go down. And, of course, they're running away from the Cylons. The whole fleet is running away from the Cylons. And spoilers alert, guys, because I, I, this is it. If you don't want to know, uh, flash forward like probably, I don't know, let's let's make it like four minutes. And, uh, dude, I mean, they found a planet to go to. And they're like, yeah, this is a cold, wet planet. This is, this is not someplace we want to go. And as soon as Gaius wins the presidential election, they're like, we did everything we could, and we're the good guys. We we rigged the election so that we would win. Somehow they found out about it. Everything is terrible. We have to give the election to this guy, and he's the worst possible person we could give it to. And then not only that, but he immediately says, we are going to rename this place New Caprica, and this is going to be our new home, and we're going to start living there right away. Because these people, and you're just like, oh my god, okay, well at least they found a planet that's hidden in the nebula, the, the, the Cylons won't be able to find them. And you think it's all over, you think, okay, that's it for the year, that was, that was amazing, that was a full hour of television, and then there's another 20 minutes. And I had never, ever seen any episode of television give me more than the, you know, prerequisite 45, 50 minutes of television with advertisements making it a full hour of TV. Here was another 20 minutes, and it showed you a year later establishing what had gone on with all these characters in all that time. Lee was fat. Adama had a mustache. He's telling Colonel Ty, go down to the planet with your wife. It's okay. We've been here longer than we were running away from the Cylons. Uh... Tyrrell was a union leader, and he was, like, striking against the president. President Baltar is a drug addict, and he's got freaking Felix working for him. Everything's different. Nothing. Nothing was the same. And it was like, how can they possibly come back from this? And then it got worse because the Cylons show up, take over the planet without a shot being fired, and Adama and the fleet warped away and you're like what the fuck just happened and i you <laughs> seriously if you've never watched battlestar galactica forget everything i said watch what we're about to talk about and then go watch battlestar galactica because okay. it will crush you in a way you've never been all right 
We're going to start no, watching this, this in just no, a second. No, you set me off. Um, cliffhanger, David Tennant, <laughs> Doctor Who. Never heard of it. When – Oh, it's like a Scottish thing, or I think they do it in Australia or something like that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, David Tennant, David Tennant, his epic run on Doctor Who and his, his regeneration is about to happen. And he's doing everything he can to prolong it. And for, I want to say three years that he was Doctor Who. Yeah. He spends the last 30 minutes of the episode tying up every loose end he possibly Ooh, that's can awesome like it was a perfect present with a bow that just breaks you and he he's regenerating he got hurt that bad it's about to happen mm-hmm. he's about to change into a different form same mind different form different personality if you guys don't know how dr who works um he goes and he finds all the major characters using the TARDIS through time and space and finds them and gives them a present. Oh, wow. And, and, and like he introduces uh, this one dude to his next boyfriend that he's going to fall in love with. He finds Rose like when when Rose first appears, it starts up with Rose in the snow going to work. And then she goes to work in the place that the mannequins are crazy. And on the way there. <laughs> Yeah, the mannequin's crazy. She encounters Christopher Eccleston's Doctor Who. And on the way there, he goes back in time where she's on the way, on her way to work. And he just accidentally, like, bumps into her. Just to see her one last time. And she's like, yeah, I'm going to work. I'm like, hey, nice. To, uh, sorry. <laughs> and, and, then, and then he goes in the future with these two other people that are fighting like uh, indomitable force and gives them a present to how to, to really take over. And then, and then it's not, it's, it's like the antithesis antithesis of the cliffhanger where after he goes and wraps up with the up in a nice tight bow, he's in the TARDIS and he just, he just says, I don't, he's, he, he, he doesn't say, he doesn't look in the camera, but he says it to you. I don't want to go. And then boom, he regenerates, and there's this new asshole named Matt Smith, and <laughs> and which uh, I don't even want to get into that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we're, we're we're yeah, everything was relevant. We're talking about cliffhangers. We're about to watch the, the uncliffhanger that started cliffhangers. Un- I think. Oh, good hell yeah! Let, let's put that in the book, Mindfield's book, the cliffhangers. Yeah, if you all have cliffhangers. a cliffhanger you want to discuss with us, or you want to talk about. The, or something we're ignoring, hit us up. You know, talk about the ones that are in the middle of a season, not so much the ones that end a series. I know Firefly really hurt us all, and uh, I'm personally still bowled over by how Quantum Leap ended. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, let's let's do this. Let's start the countdown, and we'll start on Netflix. We're watching Netflix. Uh, yeah, we're Netflix. on Netflix. Zero 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 zero. Yeah, we're all the way back at the beginning on Netflix. And it is um, actually. Let me click this and make sure it's gonna. Yeah, I've got a. I, it's mine. Mine wants to load now. There we go. So yeah, uh, care, careful because yeah. it's it's gonna give you the option to skip the recap, and I want to watch. The yeah, we gotta watch the recap um, because you know it's been a summer since we watched the last one an hour ago. Uh, <laughs> all right, we're gonna all do right. the same thing. Three, two, one, engage. It's gonna be three, two, one, engage.
next generation. That sound is creepy. I hate that bitch. Don't give them time to adapt. Yeah, only Data could have done that. Yeah. We got to talk about recaps sometime. Like the Rocky movies recap stuff. The Karate Kid. The recap music. For the recap of uh, Karate Kid at the beginning of Karate Kid 2 is unto itself glorious. Let alone Karate Kid 2 is the best one. Yeah, I love Karate Kid 2. I'm so excited for the new season. Oh, a couple days. Like a week and a half away. Yeah, it's really soon. I can't wait to make a new YouTube password to get another free month. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm still paying for it because I just I use the hell out of YouTube. All right, so here we are. In fact, uh, here we are. We're going to talk about YouTube again in a in a little while. What a classically beautiful woman! I love Gates McFadden. What a classically beautiful one. I like how the laser beams in. They, They're just perfect right there. Nobody had ever done that in television before, and they were concerned it would fry the camera, and they were concerned that it would blind the viewers. So they gave it a shot, and it didn't work, didn't hurt it. Here we go. Yeah, it's looking at you. Electric power approaching maximum limit. Energy discharge in six seconds. Take them to recharge. It's not that. Jeremy was bitching about it the other day that Enterprise pissed everyone off right off the bat because they added words to the uh, intro. Oh, I know. It's pretty unfortunate. I don't like the Discovery like, intro that, either. Yeah, he said it's not that we're resistant to change, but there's certain there's certain tropes you can't change. Yeah, it's really it's it's difficult to get past. By itself, on its own, if that song, Faith of the Heart... Cheese ball as it is, were to be uh, orchestrated as opposed to being what it was. And then they tried to make it a folk song in like season four, I think, to pep it up a little bit. 
Oh man, even it's it's just miserable. But by itself orchestrated, I could have taken it for sure. Because really and truly, it's a beautiful opening intro. Minus perfect that fonts, song, everything. You know? Oh, I'm talking about this one. I'm sorry. I oh, got this is this is precision. And this is not the original series where Bill Shatner. Leonard Nimoy and D. Kelly are the only guys presented. This is the next generation. You're a core cast member. You are listed here. Even Will. Yeah. And they even changed it. Ensign Ensign Will Will Riker. Will I'm sorry, Will, it's not Will, 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 Will Crusher. Yeah, Ensign Will, Will Crusher. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the beauty of it is that this is the beginning of season four, so they've changed his his moniker, you know? Was was Roddenberry still alive during this? Yes, he was. Starting one point zero zero one point Are they still in orbit around the Borg, or did the Borg already take off? The Borg are gone. They're on the way to Admiral Hansen. They're on the way to Earth, right? Yes, they are. And Ad- and Wolf 359 is between the Enterprise and Earth. Admiral Hansen is there with the Federation fleet. Love that word. Bangs. I never met anyone drive determination. I hate bangs. Me too. There is no way in hell that he would insist. I want that clear. Hers are nice. I see bangs, I see some. I just see dumbass goth girl. They give him his phone. (laughs) (laughs) That is a pad, a personal access display device, also known as an iPhone 58S. (laughs) (laughs) Financed. (laughs) Congratulations. How dare you? Doesn't matter the circumstances, dude. It's still the Enterprise. Yeah, but even then, you can't say congratulations after that. Like, like reluctantly, uh, it had been better said reluctantly. I give you the duties of the commanding of the, of the Starship Enterprise, not like, "Hey, congrats, bro." Good, yeah, I did. Good that. luck. You just lost. You just lost your uh, the one person everyone loves more than anything in the world. Are they having trouble breaking him? Nope. I 
I love practical effects. Nothing better. Perfect. That one tier. Also, what a great insight. Uh, it is, but I mean, I don't know. Is it? I feel like that's another wasted like, opportunity to yeah, for Worf to have done something impressive. Look at his collar. No shit already? He has a field promotion. Good point, Riker. Good point. It's the only way you... That's always the way you thrive. It's different now that they're not competing for the position... He's like, it's yours, you know? Yeah. They're making, they're going to make each other live at their edge, at the edge of their comfort zone. That's how they survive this, is by pushing it to the limit and living beyond it. David Driver, message from Starfleet, Captain. Go ahead, Dan. Starfleet reports it is engaged the Borg at Wolf 359, sir. Okay. This is They're a going special shit present. Show. Admiral Hanson, subspace captain. On screen. Admiral? Find this Echo well, Enterprise. We're attempting to withdraw and regroup. Rendezvous with fleet. Did they get them new outfits every year, or did they just keep reusing them? Pause it. So, <clears throat> I know this is jarring for people. Pause the episode. What I have consistently done for any number of years is watch this in a recorded fashion. And when it's on TV, it's on TV. And I'll stop what I'm doing, because this is too good not to pay attention to. But um, I will pause the DVD or whatever I happen to be watching of this episode. And then I'll go to YouTube and find the opening to the episode, the first episode of deep space nine emissary, because the cold open for that show is 
Commander Benjamin Cisco at Wolf three five nine, and he is on the USS Saratoga, which is a that ship has no chance, no chance, no ship has any chance of stopping that Borg cube outside of the Enterprise, outside of galaxy class ships, and uh, honestly, probably, arguably. One of the reasons that the Enterprise stands the best chance of surviving this situation is because Shelby is there and also because Captain Picard was there for the Borg to take. And that Riker is as an inventive, inventive, a Starfleet officer as he is, let alone having the best crew in the fleet. Data, Geordi, even Dr. Crusher is going to show up and kick ass in this episode. So, and I'm not saying that she doesn't usually, I'm just saying it that way. Anyway, we're going to start, uh, the start, the episode again in three, two, one, engage. Starfleet at Wolf 359. Communications from the site of battle have been cut off, possibly due to Borg interference. Lieutenant Worf, everyone in this room shares my respect. Right now, I'm, Whatever. Based on our latest communication, we can assume that the Borg survived the fleet attack. Your thoughts on our next encounter? What about the heavy graviton beam we've been talking about? I've gone over it four times. The local field distortion just wouldn't be strong enough in the country. You're my man until I find someone better. Or you die. Yeah, it's very Starship Troopers. We've done it before. It's happened to us. How long would it take to execute that? That's the problem. Two to three weeks. In two or three weeks, nanites may be all that's left of the Federation. We have the new phaser adapters. Maybe in concert with the photon These are all good ideas. It's just, what's the best one? Right. Most effective at the moment. I know how difficult Sit down. It's kind of ballsy of her to sit in that seat, but why not? You know, she is guy Yeah, with, without a drink or anything. 
question. Like, they don't believe anyone can say that. I'm not sure anyone can. Sam. When a man is convinced that she's going to die tomorrow, he'll probably find a way to make it. The only one who can turn this around What a great point. Maybe you haven't heard. I tried to kill him yesterday. You tried to kill whatever that is on the Borg ship, not the card. The card is still here with us. In this room. If he died, it would be easier. But he didn't. We took him from him. And he didn't do it. Did he ever tell you why we're so Just say that our relationship is beyond friendship, beyond family. And I will let him go. Holy shit. Dude, that's in yeah. <sighs> Holy shit. Motherfucker, keep us out keep our asses alive. <laughs> Don't concede to defeat. The, there it is. There's the key right there. That's the key right there. It's it's Yoda, man. It's Yoda talking to Anakin in Episode Three. You have to let go everything you fear to lose. Face your fears. And don't let your fears tell you you're going to die tomorrow, because otherwise we're all going to die. Is he about to push all the cheers in to make you happy? <laughs> nope he's going to take that seat for the first time you're now approaching the wolves fuck on my way what do we impulse take it to the battle coordinates Mr. Crunter I want to see these Federation jack straps Sensors are picking up several vessels, Captain. The fleet. No active subspace fields. Negligible power readings. Black sides. Negative, sir. Visual contact. On screen. Fuck. Everyone's gone. flagship of the fleet that wolf 359 not the enterprise and the ship that Riker was offered destroyed Sir. That's a crusher set in a course that follows those currents. 
Commander Shell, be prepared to initiate your plan to separate the saucer section when we find the Borg. I must remind you that Captain Picard was briefed on that plan. The Borg will be prepared for it. I'm aware of that, Commander. 90s hair gel. Crusher, Cartano, Gleason, report to the battle bridge. Mr. Data? Mr. Warp? Are they going to saucer separation? Yes. That's never good. What's that on data zone? Emergency transporter armbands. Why don't they always have those on themselves? They're... I use the hell out of them in my card game. In the uh, Decipher Star Trek card game. always makes you so nervous. Knocking latches clear. Separation complete. Saucer velocity 100 meters per second and increasing, sir. Open fire. All weapons. Fire. Port tractor being attempting to lock on, sir. Invasive maneuvers. Riker Alpha. Riker Alpha confirmed. They're ignoring the saucer section completely. Just as you should, Captain. So we still have a little bit of control. Proceed to second phase, Commander Shelby. I don't know about that. He just knows. Picard just knows. Oh, there you go. There's the is he like, matter spread. Is he head of Borg now because of who he is? 
Sort of, yeah. He is the counterpart. And uh, if you watch Star Trek First Contact, you realize what the counterpart, why the counterpart to the Borg is so important. This space will be doing that in about a month. <laughs> That'd be pretty legit. Smart. Yeah, it's weird because they don't have shields like everybody else. It's only, it's only looking for things with shields. Doesn't anticipate being. Oh damn! I mean, the Enterprise has to have its shields up to cope with what's going on. Yeah, but it's so, not looking for something with that with its shields off. Right. It's, everything's too hectic. For all of the amazing adaptability of the Borg, they they don't look um, inward, and they don't look they don't look for the the, the mosquito, the gnat that's coming after them. You know, <clears throat> right? Shields. Man, they're slow with this. Nah, the only thing that slows them down is the script. Break him. Get him. Oh, shit. Mission accomplished. How is Bev going to fix that? Very carefully. <laughs> Look at that. I just love that expression of satisfaction. Not for long. Captain, the board Now 
it's time for us to know everything they know. Yep. You only need to know three things about them. What's that? Navigation, communication, defense. Man, what a great, great suit. Yes, he would have. There's his control. There's his control. There's his might. Yeah, it's the interesting There's his might. There's nobility. In in first contact, uh, someone says that nobility is a trait that the Borg lack and that they had it briefly while Picard was with them. Man, she has great nails. And great cheeks. What a thing to notice. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, that's an arguable concept. It's a question of whether or not an android is uh, obsolete. I mean, being able to transfer your entire mentality into an 
indestructible, immortal android is pretty impressive when you think about what Dr. Ira Graves did. She did hold the fort down. She's got that. Yeah, her idea, it really worked. Separating the saucer and getting in there, uh, it really changed things. They got Picard back because of it. But you can only ever do something once with the board. board. Yep. What a great idea. Like Shiva in Wolverine, number 50. Always adapting. Hmm. You can't hit him the same way twice. Oh, it always makes me so nervous when they expose him like that. I don't want anything bad to happen to him. It just makes me so fucking nervous. Who, Data? Yeah, Data. I don't like him being exposed at all like that. But I know he'll risk it. It's not as much of a risk as you probably think. I mean, it's... Like... Oh, no, I just, I, just, I just don't like the exposed part. Oh, okay. The gag that they're pulling off with uh, having panels of being able to look at his internal circuitry is always pretty impressive, and they do it for different reasons. Is that a wig or is it real hair? I've always wondered Oh, it's that. always a wig. Even Riker was wearing a wig after a certain fashion. It's just, you can't, look at his makeup. You can't, uh, Data, you can't keep from getting that gold makeup in the hair also. So instead you do the gold makeup and then you put the wig on after it. God, he's an Adonis. The uh, Jupiter defenses useless. <clears throat> oh, I guess it's Mars. Saturn. There you go. Significant increase in pre-motor area hypothalamus activity. Your heartbeat is accelerating rapidly. Sir, your sub-micron latent activity is increasing exponentially. No connections to the I have access to board subspace systems. Beautiful. Oh no. Oh no. The board of group consciousness is divided into subcommands necessary to carry out all functions defense, communication, navigation. Wow. They are all controlled by a root command implanted in the Why didn't they take it off his hand? They didn't, like, remove his hand. 
There you go. Honestly, legitimately, the intent was to show that the Borg always amputate one of your limbs and replace it with one of their sensor modules. And then if they got Picard back, they were going to have him always go through some makeup to say that he had a slightly pinker hand and we would always know he had, you know, a Luke Skywalker replacement hand. Yeah. But that's expensive for a TV series. And so it's not something they ever did. Even the blinky lights. Wow, that trust. Yeah. <sighs> Jesus, been holding in that long. Yes, yes. But if you cut it off, you're fucked. But if you get in through him, they're fucked. Yes. Oh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Don't tell me what it means, Data. Just let's figure out what we're going to tell them to do. (laughs) Yep. Hey, dickheads. (laughs) Are most of these people from Earth? Tragically, yeah, that's what I was ta- I was talking to you about that on the phone earlier is, uh, you know, you watch Discovery and you see a ton of aliens because they can find a cheaper way to make aliens on a TV series now. Uh, it's expensive to put data together every episode. It's expensive to put Worf together every episode. And I mean, it's the Federation flagship. I would think that requirements are that at least one iteration of each species, when you have 1,100 people on the ship, that uh, if there's 191 member planets, you know, you should probably have one crew member from each planet. It's always flabbergasted me. We never saw an Andorian on board the Enterprise. Or a Tellarite, for that matter. Holy shit. You heard me, a collision course. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Let's go down. He wants them to let him take over. The card's going to take over. Am I, am I wrong? 
course of action. There you go. The card's in the system, isn't he? Holy shit. Holy <laughs> shit. Holy shit. Blum to hell. Hopefully this is where she dies because I, I I don't want her ever ever come back. <laughs> Big time shelly hater. <laughs> I want her to trip and fall, hit a head. Ooh, Mr. Gleason <laughs> went over there too. Oh, you, you can't waste that haircut. Gleason. <laughs> you can't look at that '90s LA gear hair gel <laughs> hair gel job he's got gone. Agreed. Absolutely agreed. Study. That's what the Enterprise for. Holy shit, everything. Wow. It's an expensive model to blow up. He's hungry. I wish that he'd given him like a breech cloth or something. <laughs> 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 Ooh, 
Making him look like Spirit from G.I. Joe. Oh, yeah. Wow. I like how they protect Earth so well, and they so rarely show it. Yeah. Sure leave. <laughs> no doubt. Damn, she's still alive. But get the hell off my ship. Oh, harsh. <laughs> I want her gone. He still got the same collar. He's still a, a captain. different haircut. He's still a captain right now. And he's got a different. His haircut's a little bit rattier, and his beard's a little bit longer. They must no, have filmed season this four. first. It's been, a, it's been a whole summer since they filmed. This is the first episode no. of season four. You know. No, they filmed this. They filmed this part first when he had longer hair. <laughs> hey, check this out. What's he going to do? Put his dick in the fucking electric wire? <laughs> what am I waiting for? It's just the, uh, the powerful, the acting, you know? I mean, it's just. He's perfect. It's Shakespearean. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that episode, you know? If I could suggest to our viewers or our listeners or compatriots and everybody, uh, if you're watching this, Skip the next episode. Go directly to <laughs> family. I mean, oh well, you know what? Now that I see it, Netflix fixed it's that. Family right now. Yeah. Uh, consequently, I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get into it right now unless you really, really want to. It's midnight here, but uh, I paused it. In fact, yeah. so I'm taking it back to triple zero. Yeah. But uh, yeah, in season four, inexplicably, they showed. A different episode before they showed the episode Family. Um, and uh, it was kind of astonishing that they did that. But um, really, when you look at uh, the Star Trek movies and you see Wrath of Khan and S Search for Spock and then Voyage Home, that's considered a trilogy in the middle of, you know, the motion picture through Star Trek VI. Even seven right. for generations. And um, I consider the best of both worlds, parts one and two, and family to be a trilogy. Uh, and uh, yeah, man. I mean, Captain Picard will never, ever be the same after this episode. You just watched three seasons, and he is. He is who he is. And then now you don't see it in every episode. But if Borg concerns come up again, they are, you will see a very different Captain Picard every time. And um, it's kind of unfortunate that uh, 
They never, they barely ever even mention the Borg in in Deep Space Nine when Commander Sisko's beginning really comes from the Battle of Wolf 359. And then they do so much stuff with the Borg in Voyager, and they kind of blow it because even though the Borg stuff they do is pretty interesting, they get they get like a total sellout on getting through Borg space. That should have been 10 years of their journey. And they were like, no, we're going to do this other thing. And just whoop. And he's just like, we can't have them stuck in Borg space for a season. And I'm going, why not? Because basically every season after that, they had some kind of Borg incursion. But um, it's the question. You have the Borg in the first Borg episode. And the second episode pertaining to the Borg is arguably the most scary. And then the resolution of this is dynamic. But were you going to lose Captain Picard and make the Borg that much scarier forever? How do you get rid of the Borg once they are there? I've got a wasp problem in my house, and they come back every year, and it makes me feel like it's the Aliens franchise. I can't get rid of the fuckers, and I can't connect with their queen and make them go to sleep. So I can kill their nests long enough. I can only hope for it to be 30 degrees one day where I can get up into the right area and eliminate them. You can't. What do you do with the Borg? You have to create, keep creating new Borg stuff so you can find the thing that helps you get rid of them. And um, unfortunately, we get more out, more Borg out of Voyager than we do out of Captain Picard. And his story is without question way more interesting than anything else they did with the Borg. Even Seven of Nine on Voyager. And uh, they never revisit the, the Borg on Deep Space Nine. Though, you'll notice when the Dominion invade the Alpha Quadrant in Deep Space Nine, and they go from their traditional Class B uniforms to the uh, Gray and Black First Contact uniforms... They say why the Federation can't send any ships out there to help them with their little Dominion problem, and it's because first contact is happening in that very moment. And because of that, the Dominion are clearly able to invade the Alpha Quadrant. So that's stuff I know you don't know much about yet, Josh, but those are the things. That's the Borg. How often can you do stuff with the Borg and not defang Good them? things. Good things. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, what's your takeaway? That uh, that hurt my heart. I felt like it was on the edge of my seat. I was holding my breath. I had a headache at the same time. But at the same time, everything was going perfect. Uh, the one thing that really got me off with this episode was how apt Riker was. And especially he says, you know, head out we're gonna we're gonna crash into this motherfucker oh dude <laughs> i know and would it even have done anything in the yeah, end would, look at the size of their ship no you know what if they had if, it, if they had overloaded their warp core and had a warp core breach that might have actually blown up that ship because a warp yeah, core even, breach is an enormous thing even then even then we're going down with picard we're not yeah, we're 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 loyal. I and, would uh, 
that's one of the best parts about the Enterprise. Like, they're loyal to each other. That's why Riker doesn't want to leave. They're too loyal. I can't leave my best friend. We've already gone through Starfleet, made friends, left, went to one ship to another. Now we're done. We're This is our home. And yeah. it, in, in my mind, when they say the Enterprise, it's home. Totally, it's, it's, it is. It's a floating it's apartment complex, you know. It's it's home, and and they're not going anywhere. They're not. They they don't want. They don't want any threat to be separated. And the fact that Riker was like, <laughs> intercept, like yeah, we're gonna crash in this motherfucker, and Will's like, okay, Wesley. I mean, yeah, yeah, Wesley's like, yes, sir. Yes, sir. This is uh, this, this, he, this he, uniform he, is freshly starched, but uh, yeah, we'll blow. Did, we'll, we'll crash did, into him. Didn't even question it. We're going down with Picard. Yeah, I mean all of that, and uh, we're going down with Picard. They're ready that's, to make the sacrifices, but, you know. But but that's why we love New Japan Pro. It's it's <laughs> it, it's 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 the loyalty. It's it's the brand building. It's like this is home. Yeah. That's my takeaway. Was they were they were all willing to put all their faith in Riker, and the one person that really had to like execute it was Wesley. He didn't. He 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 gave him the look and said, "Yeah, okay, let's do it. I'll die with them too." Oh well, man. You know, uh, did you watch the episode where uh, he goes away to Starfleet Academy? Well, he was about to, and then didn't, and then didn't because he had to find. He had to find. Uh, he figured out that the static was Riker sending his SOS, and that's when you know he, he you know they the Barclay takes off and mm-hmm. and Picard doesn't even question it, and then like they they figure it out, they save Riker, and then he pulls Wesley into his you know little little control room, and he's like, "Is that out? is that it?" And he's like, "No, that's not it." Oh yeah, here's a little box with a with a with one pip on it, man. Yeah, yeah. he was he was he was just he, just the way he said it, he's like I'm saying goodbye to you. I understand, and well, right now I'm looking at your your record and you're an absolute essential member and your accomplishments, and it's sad that you're not going to be able to go to Starfleet right now, but we'll get you for another year. But I'm still saying goodbye to you. He just questions him and like giving him the full rank of full ensign and all the responsibilities and all the accommodations that go with it. Yeah. Congratu- congratulations. And that was when I felt the transcendent transcendence of, I, I feel like they surprised him with it. I really feel oh. they surprised him with it. Will we? I re- yeah. Yeah. I really feel they surprised him with it because any, to, you know, thank you. Oh shit. Did you lose it? Yeah, hold on. It unplugged. Yeah, I want to look into that. The question of uh, how Will Wheaton was made aware of his character becoming an ensign legitimately. Uh, yeah, but yeah, but 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 like he he left the room without saying thank you. Like he left the room paralyzed. Like. Like he was about to cry, can't cry in front of you. Can't cry in front of Picard. Yeah, can't do it. But at the same time, though, I felt like as an actor, I felt they sprung it on him. 
the way he turned he turned about face and like couldn't get out of the room fast enough. That was my takeaway from that sort of scene. And that's why watching him in these last two episodes really resonated. Like they didn't even have a suit that fit him, but he still was wearing full ensign. Like yeah. the guys, he's not official Starfleet, but he's done more than any of the other motherfuckers he's gonna be in school with. <laughs> like it's it's hilarious That's to me. Exactly the case. It's, yeah, it's it's hilarious to me. And but but like in a good way. Like well well in theory we should do this a little this one time. Like this actually happened, and I was actually given the responsibility to find Jordy, and we you know like like okay like. uh I imagine he's light years above his actual instructors, but I don't know that much about Star Trek. I can imagine that all his instructors are really, you know, kick ass and probably accomplished Starfleet members, but he's done more in the Enterprise. And that's my point when it comes to Riker not leaving the Enterprise. You're going to do more in the Enterprise in a month than you will in your entire career. Right, right. On, On anything else. But at the same time, though, they've built a family, and it's important, and that's why we like Star Trek. That's why we like Spider-Man. That's why we – that's why it, I worry about Parker from issue to issue. That's why – even though it's fictitious, it, it, I draw the parallels. I draw the lines in the sand, and I know who I love that correlates these people. And, and, and dude, it, like – and I've told you before, you're my Captain America, but – in all actuality, I'm your Riker. <laughs> I'm I'm totally your Riker, and uh, and it's beautiful and it's awesome. And I hope that our listeners understand this, and I hope they're thinking of the same people that correlate to this, to them as I'm talking about you. It's it's what matters. It's why stories matter. It's why it's why we cry when. And freak out when uh, Ibushi saved oh. Omega Omega from the Bullet Club beatdown after years of being separated. It's 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 these are the stories that matter. These this is why you're taking a couple of drinks and putting something on after you went through like a mind numbing day for a job you don't mm-hmm. like. Which even though you might on a base level still like, it's it's not what you really want to do. But you get to tune into something so fantastic and wonderful and just set your mind free and you can sleep well at night. And that's all it's really fucking cheesy. And I'm sorry, but that's what I got. <laughs> that's a monster takeaway. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Uh, I'll tell y'all, I mean, yeah, this is the monster cliffhanger. I, I don't know how television was before this. I'm sure there were awesome cliffhangers and Hill street blues, that's a show I have a lot of admiration for. Love uh, Hill Street Blues. Yeah. Love Hill Street Blues. That, Holy I mean, shit. Stuff like that. Uh, every time every time someone would talk about how cool um, NYPD Blue was, I'm like, this ain't shit compared to NYPD Blue. Yeah, you get to see, you get to see D- uh, Dennis What's-His-Name's ass. Uh, oh, Sipowitz's yeah. ass. Uh, I, I didn't need to see Clancy's ass. Uh, but everything else was hard-hitting. We're in, we're in Philly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're in, we're in Philly, and this sucks. And it's late night, and it, it's it's good television. Like it's it's. I, I'm so excited they're gonna do. Uh, there's rumors they're gonna do sliders again, because because I remember 
I, well, oh, I know you don't like sliders, but even then. I just think it's under, you know, maybe they could do better work on it now. It, it, it doesn't matter. What matters to me is that people can have the opposite. Like we, when I was a kid, we had Saturday morning cartoons. Wake up early, early in the morning on Saturday, even though it's a Saturday, way earlier than you would on a regular school day that you bitch and complain about and watch you, you wake up like two hours earlier to watch some cartoons for like four hours straight and you eat some kick-ass cereal. You're in your pajamas. But what was even better was when you're in your teenage years in the late 90s watching Fox on a Saturday when you only have one or two friends that you might get together with like every two months of AT&D, D&D and watch uh, Deep Space Nine and Sliders and Millennium and The X-Files and – even like I remember like on the my, my 46 man like playing playing like solitaire on Yahoo games with a person I'm still friends with actually my original internet friend and it's Amber we're still friends all the way back from 96 and staying up late like playing solitaire or chess while watching Deep Space Nine sliders it didn't matter it was in a dark room watching Something that mattered, even though we weren't out partying and like doing like smoking, smoking the pot. Yeah, there's a whole time period in your life where you're just enjoying things for the sake of enjoying them. And it didn't have to have anything to do with getting schnockered or getting lit and uh, getting nailed, you know? Yep. Yep. And um, it was for the special kid, but you're on the verge of being, you know, an adult. But 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 at the same time, the, those things weren't that important to us. We had better things to do. Like we 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 didn't have time for meaningless relationships from people that we knew in high school while we were in high school. It, I would have rather been at home. Like I can't tell you how many nights uh, back in the late nineties. It was just me and my sister playing N sixty four, playing Donkey Kong, and um, Killer Instinct, and Goldeneye, and then. We take it off and watch Deep Six Nine or Sliders. I keep saying it. Mm-hmm. Put the X, put the X Files on. I'd be on. I'd be on the my old forty six and just sitting there and watching the stuff and playing some chess. And even though I wasn't out there making friends and having a blast and being part of the homecoming thing, it was it, it meant more. Even though it still was, it still hurt. Yeah, yeah. But now it's it's so it's so much more justified watching this with you. I I appreciate that, man. Even when when I was a kid, there was plenty to pay attention to with this show, and I watched a lot of it with my dad, and I watched a lot of it with my brother because my dad would record it for us since it came on late on Sunday night in our uh, syndicated slot, and uh, so we would come home from school and we would watch the episode, or we would watch it with our dad and. And um, then we started staying up later and watching it. And it was off by the time I was in college. You know, this show was done in 1994. And I remember 93 Deep Space Nine starting. And then I remember uh, Voyager starting. And you have people that you grew up with watching this. And it's amazing to encounter people who haven't watched it. Because the sad fact of it is there's lots of people who are like, yeah, I never, I never watched that. And you're like, okay, cool. And they're like, no, I never seen a single episode. And you're like, yeah, I mean, it's a really good show. And they're like, yeah, I've never watched one of them. 
And I'm like, uh, are you trying to, like, stick me in the ribs or something? I don't understand why it's such a big thing. I've never seen a single episode. Okay. You know, and it's like, wow. Good to, for you. <laughs> to get beyond. Yeah, you're, you're, you're losing out, dickbag. Uh, and it's like, on the other end of it, to find anybody who's just like, you know what? Yeah, I'd be interested in that. It's just setting up the circumstances. I mean, we don't live together. I, w- I want to watch Doctor Who, but I don't want to do it without you. I tried to, I was like, I met somebody years ago. I was like, I want to watch Doctor Who. You're into Doctor Who. You're a beautiful girl. We should watch Doctor Who together. We'll see what happens. And uh, it never materialized. So there's that, you know? And then you watch, you watch, you know, watch the shows with the people you're going to watch them with. We're clearly not watching every single episode together. But, um, you know, we discuss them when the opportunity presents itself. And it's, it's just, ones. it's just awesome that you're, you're so into it. And I appreciate that because, you know, you, you could grow to a point where you're like, yeah, I'm never going to give that a shot because whatever reason. And I know I've encountered that recently, uh, with this and some other things. And it's like, all right, well, that bothers me. That makes things difficult because this is something I can obviously talk a whole lot about, but I yeah, can talk it, about it, a it, lot it, of it, other stuff too. It's not about liking Star Trek. You can't just say, I don't like Star Trek. Okay. Okay, fine. that's fine. But did you watch an episode and did you, did you not like it? And Or did you just hear that it's a sci-fi thing and you just wrote it off? And you can't say, you, I hate Trekkies. Okay, or Trekkers or whatever, whatever the fucking PC term for it. But, but even then, you don't understand why we like it. This is a way of life. We're it not like. We're not liking it just because it's spaceships and galaxy class or whatever buzzword you can say for someone that likes that sort of genre. These people that we love and are growing up with live by a code of honor that we absolutely abide by. It's true. And, I can't – every and, time I ever went nightclubbing, I was like, we're part of a crew – I don't care if you've never been out with us. I don't care if you've been out with us a million times. You're not going to fall into danger. Nobody's going to no, be able to accost you. Yeah, there's no there's no lying. There's like we're not going resort to resort to violence until the absolute I, uh, end. Yeah. And when we have to resort to violence, we're going to talk our way out of this. And you might say we're pussies for that, but like we don't have to resort to Nobody's violence. Nobody's ever a- uh, because for that man I've, we're, i'm a we're, black we're belt smarter, taekwondo and i've avoided more fights by not putting myself in a place to be in a fight and be and by being diplomatic about things before the uh, before the promulgation of physical fighting would take place i've been in a lot of mental battles and a lot of uh conversational disagreements but you know, hey, I'm not gonna say that yeah, did, I didn't learn a lot from watching these shows to make yeah, me get past that. Don't hate on your boyfriend because he's a a trekkie. Love him because he's got a code of honor. He's never gonna betray you. He's never gonna lie to you. He's gonna tell you the truth. He's not gonna resort to violence. Look that up. I, I dare you, all our listeners, I dare you. To think about all your ex-boyfriends or the guy that courted you or, or you friend-zoned to the depths of hell. Think about that guy. He never would have hurt you. He lived by a code of honor, something that he loved. And and even though you weren't there 
he had people across across the board, across the entire globe, that live by this code of honor. Yeah. Well, and, let me, let me uh, cap this off here. Uh, I got into the uh, you you you've made a major point about Wesley being promoted. I finally finally found what I was looking for. Um, after the character's promotion on the episode uh, Menage a Troy, uh, Gene Roddenberry gave Will Wheaton the second lieutenant bars he earned in the Army Air Corps, being the equivalent to an ensign in the U.S. Navy. Uh, President of the ceremony was General Colin Powell, who was wow. chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Ch- Staff, who later became Secretary wow. of State. He just happened to be there uh, during filming of that episode. And there's a really nice picture of uh, Colin Powell sitting in the captain's chair with LeVar Burton in street clothes sitting in uh, Counselor Troy's chair and a woman of uh, unknown um, identity in uh, Riker's chair uh, presented here on Memory Alpha, which is a uh, Wikipedia page devoted specifically to Star Trek. All of it. And for all all our listeners that would want to lit right off Star Trek. Martin Luther King was a, Martin Luther King Jr. Was a huge Star Trek fan actually convinced Nichelle Nichols to stay in the show because it was that important to him. And oh, he man. Convinced, like that, that alone has convinced actual skinheads to reconfigure their brains. For real. I mean, it's intense. It's intense. I mean, you can have people who absolutely hate other people and then they watch Star Trek and they realize that they're they're wrong. Whether they're or not they're being an idiot, they're wrong. And uh, it's amazing how many places and how many times Star Trek has saved someone's life. Uh, and I, I, you know, go in and watch the uh, documentary Trekkies and Jimmy Doohan, who played Montgomery Scott on the original series has a tearjerker story about someone whose life he saved by telling them, okay, cool, I want to see you at the next convention and the next one after that and the next time I'm in town and the next time I'm in town. And I'm not going to tell that story because I want you all to just find it. And I'm sure it's on YouTube, but uh, if you want a good time, watch that documentary. It totally, It's totally fun. Anyway. Set, all right. set, set, set a collision course. Yeah. Set a collision course for uh, the next episode, family, and uh, we will record um, a Minefields episode pertaining to that very quickly. But uh, for now, um, we'll talk to you all later. Good night. Good night.